Love is work, and it's the most important job of your life. To find love in marriage or partnership or even deeply committed friendship and family, that love requires work and care and unrelenting honesty and pure openness and intention and effort. Love requires work, and that work pays you back with the absolute fullness of what it means to be alive and the deepest fulfillment life has to offer. This episode of the People People Podcast takes a romantic twist. I'd like to invite you inside a double date. My incredible wife, Megan Matson and I enjoy an evening and a couple of drinks with another couple deeply in love, Tina Van Steenbergen and James Robolata. Listen, I'll explain more later, but for now, grab a glass of wine, turn on some slow jams, and get ready for a love-filled episode of the People People Podcast. Welcome to the People People Podcast. We're on a mission to spread human connection. It's easy when you live in the same place, you get into your same rhythms of person, you know, person comes home from work, other person is already home, cook dinner, let dog out, put on TV, go to bed, right? And then just lather, rinse, repeat. I know that Tina and I are very intentional with with checking in with each other. And so the key to good marriages is communication. That's right. But the key to good marriages on top of that is quality communication about the key to good marriages, the communication about your marriage yeah, and mm. about the humans within it. But do you oh. ever ask yourselves, like, do you ever have moments where you're like, are people supposed to laugh this much? Because we laugh an awful lot, right? Like, do you ever have those moments where you sort of like, do other people enjoy being around each other as much as we do? Oh, 100%. I feel like I'm constantly asking myself that. Like, is this a a normal relationship or is this what everybody else is experiencing too? And if they're not, then that makes me sad because this is good. I also just assume that nobody else is, that we are winning, that we are, we have the best. (laughs) (laughs) We are winning marriage. (laughs) So this episode was a whole lot of fun to make. Maybe now's a good time for me to tell you about the guests on this episode. First and foremost, let me introduce my wife, Megan Matson. This is her debut on the People People podcast. I'm really thrilled she said yes to this. Megan and I have been married for over 15 years, and she's the love of my life. She's an incredible mother. She is, I mean, like the greatest partner anybody could ever ask for. She, professionally, she is a successful entrepreneur who runs a company called College Fit Counseling. Uh, at, at College Fit Counseling, she's an independent college counselor who helps high school students and their families navigate the college search and selection process. I'm incredibly proud of her. She's very successful. She's an incredible example to our kids. So Megan and I sat down in our home in Colorado. We opened up a bottle of wine and we turned on Skype to connect with our friends Tina Van Steenbergen and James Robolata. Now, I thought this might be kind of a cool conversation because well, Megan and I have been married for like a decade and a half, and Tina and James actually just got married last fall. Megan and I actually got to go to their wedding. For the record, Megan and I absolutely tore up that dance floor at Tina and James's wedding reception. We didn't mean to steal the show, but, you know, whatever. Anyway, Tina Van Steenbergen. She has worked alongside me in the past, actually, teaching social excellence, and she's since moved on uh, to become a solo professional speaker who teaches the world about confidence. She helps empower and uplift women. And she is uh, 
she's genuinely one of the most gifted speakers I've ever seen on a stage. Tina's husband, James Robolata, is a multi-talented educator and entertainer himself. Check this out. He, he co-founded an improv group in New York City that has toured the world. He authored a book called Leading Imperfectly. And among several other things, he's a professional speaker who works on stages everywhere to teach, inspire, and challenge people to thrive in their imperfections. So uh, welcome to our double date. Me, Megan, James, and Tina. And uh, a microphone. I hope you'll find some valuable insights and uh, maybe some little nuggets about relationships, about marriage, maybe, but also about social excellence and just about human connection. I thought that this would be a cool episode to just explore the idea of how does social excellence or how does how does meaningful human connection show up in these romantic relationships in our lives? And I thought of no better way to do it than putting you right inside a double date and seeing if we had something to share. Enjoy. And the one thing I struggle with, and this is probably why you and I are fast at becoming friends, Madsen, is that I struggle with not talking about topics that are light enough. Yeah. I'm like, let's go in. What are we talking about? Tell me about your fears, bro. Uh, Like, let's just go in. Like, you know, what's your legacy? What's your, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Like, I want to talk about the concept of time. And, uh, and like, I don't always. Actually. <laughs> and so like, there's times where I'm like, all right, bro, you got to like lighten up a little bit. Like you got to, you got to <laughs> swerve in some sports stuff or something. Uh, <laughs> you got to like do a chest bump here or something. So yeah, that, that's an interesting thing for me that I get really self-conscious of in conversations. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Wasn't I just on your last podcast? That I was saying something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I say that often that. Yeah, I, I don't know how to talk about fun things. I mean, I do, but I just don't want to. I just like, eh, I'm, I'd rather not. Yeah, let's, let's dive in. Like, what's mm-hmm. hurting? What's hurting? You know, let's I just talk met about you. It. What are your problems? Yeah. <laughs> but I don't feel like we talk like that. Like, like I don't do that with you. Do I do that with you? No. Maybe? We stay in the fun zone. We do. No, <laughs> uh, no like, I don't feel like I'm a... I don't know, like being interviewed or interrogated by you. Yeah. Like I probably do switch into that mode sometimes and you probably notice it and call me out on it. But yeah. Maybe. I also think that like <laughs> one of the, one of the things yeah. that makes our relationship work is I don't maybe the uh it is always fun. Like it is always funny. It is well, maybe not right now. I, <laughs> <laughs> She's just staring you straight in the face when you tell her how fun your life is. Like, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Really tell me more about our life. Yeah. yeah. Do you think so? Do we? Do I think it's fun? Did I just switch into interview mode? You totally did it. Yeah. Switch in, yeah. Turn it on. Here's the shift. Here's the shift. No, we have a really fun relationship. So, Thanks. Yeah, that's yeah. what you're supposed to say. <laughs> <laughs> hey, great podcast. Okay, so it's probably important to say that when you put a microphone in the middle of a double date and one of the people in the double date are trying to be a podcast host, it makes it a little hard to find a good rhythm and a normal feeling of conversation. But we got there. Uh, We got some good stuff. You'll see. I'll tell you, one thing that's really hard with this conversation is Matt is sitting so close to me. We normally sit so close. Because of these headphones. So, like, when he turns to talk to me, I feel, I feel like we're rubbing noses. That's like, it's really hard to just even focus on you. Oh, okay. Carry on. 
No, really, we we get to some good stuff. In fact, this podcast is uh, it's personal. This particular episode is very personal, but this whole People People podcast thing has been a very personal endeavor. I want listeners to occasionally feel what it's like on the inside of real human connection. I want to bring you into the center of one of these meaningful moments of conversation or relationship that 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 holds the human race together like superglue. I want you to hear and feel the love and loss and pain and joy that makes humans human and that makes connection work. I want you to know the fulfillment of social excellence in practice. This episode has some of those moments. There are lessons, sure, but there is also love expressed in the laughs and in the looks you can't experience as a listener and in the unplanned compliments and comments that fill this episode. We don't complain to our friends about our partner. And I feel like uh, there are too many people that I interact with who spend too much of their time complaining to their friends or to me about their partner. And I often think like, maybe that's the problem. Maybe the thing that's causing the thing that you're complaining about is the fact that you're complaining about your partner that much. And I just don't feel, to your point, look, we don't have a, we don't have a perfect marriage, yeah. but it's pretty good. Yeah. And yeah, there are moments, but most of the time it's great. And there, there's every reason to be grateful for it, I think. 100%. Is that, uh, yeah. do you, what, sorry. No. Oh, here I, did I interrupt you? No, please. Your voice is what we want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of winning, Megan's winning the podcast. So just to be very clear, she's nailing <laughs> We certainly have our moments and we have our conversations and we have our times where you know, for whatever reason in the moment, one of us doesn't give the other one benefit of the doubt and that leads to a, a tougher conversation. But we've certainly had those those times. But I believe to our credit, we've we've worked we've worked through those moments as well, whether it's through patience or through uh, I don't know, just, just talking about it, like actually being like, We're not done talking about this. Let's sit down, let's hack it out. Maybe tonight doesn't go as planned, but then the rest of the week can be a hell of a lot better. So let's let's stay in it for a little bit. But yeah, no, it doesn't it doesn't feel like we've been together four years, and that 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 number feels crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we were just today again and reflecting about the podcast. We just I don't I, I don't ever talk trash about James. I don't even know what I would say. I don't even know what that would sound like to come out mm-hmm. of my mouth. Yeah. But. I was with a friend recently who was like, I hope someday I get to be with somebody who talks about me when I'm not around the way you talk about James and he's not around. Yeah. Like, yeah, I hope that too. I I really do hope that because I don't know that anybody else in our life, any of our friends, family, or peers know things about our relationship that we don't know. Because if if it's a thing, it's a thing we've discussed and named and acknowledged and talked about, or it's not a thing. But I just don't, I don't have... I don't have cause for complaints. I don't. I, again, it's weird to say like one year in, but I think marriage is pretty worth it, folks. I think it's <laughs> worth it to get married to the right person. I think it's worth oh. it to wait for the right person, but I think it's worth it. For me, this begs the question of you two teach about connection. You two teach about authenticity and vulnerability and things of that nature. Uh, I don't, does that stuff... <laughs> Are you bringing curriculum into your marriage? Have you found that happening in the last year? 
we certainly throw each other's quotes at each other. Every <laughs> <laughs> yeah. once in a while, just throwing a, you know, James, people can't learn things from people who are perfect. Oh. Only learn well, things from people who are imperfect. Yeah, that's powerful stuff. So, so yeah, I mean, we'll definitely do that. <laughs> Yeah, I think there is a little bit of, I, I, to say we throw curriculum at each other is probably too strong of a word. I would say kind of go back to what your conversation earlier. There are definitely times where I get called out needfully on like, James, you switched into coaching mode. Mm-hmm. I need you to just be my person mode right now, right? Like we can get to, we can get to fixing, we can get to, so what's next? But right now I just, I just need straight empathy, a little bit of, well, that sucks or okay, here we are, that kind of stuff. So but I also am a firm believer that if she is not pushing me to be better, to be more, to recognize my own potential, to get out of my own way, then I think we are wasting some of our greatness that we have together. And so I think that needs to be in there. And that is, those are things that I teach for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and things that she teaches as well. You know, I mean, she, Tina teaches some really powerful lessons around confidence because um, mm-hmm. confidence is a team sport. And, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, uh, so yeah, but I think, so I think there are ways that we definitely, I don't know, use our curriculum. I believe in healthy ways. I don't sure. think it's, yeah. Yeah. I would almost say the opposite happens where I learn about things we should teach from our conversations with each other. Now that the stuff we teach doesn't come up, it absolutely does. But I know that a lot of the conversations that James is now having with men are conversations that we have had either before, during, or after the development of that program that have then influenced the way that he teaches that, right? Mm -hmm. And the way that I talk to men is different. The way that I talk to women about feminism and their relationships with men is different. Right, just the other day, James was talking to me and he said something like, Tina, I just feel like women aren't taught to trust themselves. Yeah. How have I never thought about those words before? But of course that's what happens. But this was just like James processing life out loud and then that will now influence the way that I teach those lessons to women, right? So it almost slips the other direction for us. I think I learn about things that I need to teach based on some of the conversations that we have here. Yeah, that's really cool. Hmm. Yeah. It's been, is your marriage just full of social excellence? Is there a meaningful human connection in every moment? Do you have the pillars etched into your pillows? Yeah, are they yeah. on the walls? Yeah. And do we have like check marks? <laughs> I literally envision them, you know, in the Harry Potter movies when every house has their own little like jar of like stones that we collect. With the uh-huh. Uh-huh. I feel like there's like a score system for the pillars of social excellence in your house and you lose points and earn points based on Absolutely. how often and authentic generous. Put it mm-hmm. the generous this chart. is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. When people that's ask not- us about our marriage, like how's your marriage? We say it's socially excellent. Mm-hmm. Like that's the standard answer. And then we go into those four pillars immediately. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do yeah. you know all four pillars? I don't know if I do. <laughs> <laughs> Authenticity. That's Ooh. that's my favorite. And vulnerability. Those are Everyone's by favorite. far the most important. Oh. Generosity mm-hmm. is is a third mm-hmm. and also one of the pillars mm-hmm. that's important. Yes. And there's a fourth one too. Yes. <laughs> I wonder what it is. Uh, oh, it makes me- it is it is curiosity. Oh, <laughs> 
Yeah. Boom. She did it. She did it. Nelson and sips wine. Yeah. <laughs> so no, then. So no, there's not a scoring system. There's not a scoring system. There's not. I. There's but not. I feel like those things are just uh, inherently important in our relationship and in our family. Like, I, I really without do. talking about it, you know? I think uh, I'll be honest and say that I, I think I'm consciously think about those things, especially as a dad in sort of the hard times of being a dad. Like those are, I'll sometimes, I, I will literally sometimes think like, I think it's probably a good idea to be vulnerable here and to, and to not try and be the one who knows all the answers, but to say, I don't know, mm. or curiosity will probably get me further than instruction or scolding or whatever in this difficult moment. Those are times I really, I really have had that thought process before. I don't know if I think of those words specifically because it's too, it's etched in your brain more than it is mine. But um, I definitely think through those things with the girls a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I've told you before that I think you are one of the most socially excellent people. If I, uh, wow, you guys. If, if I go to the grocery store. I don't know if you heard that, but <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty great to hear. Can I just say, like, I love how you guys described your conversations. And I think that's uh, just going to build your, like, this solid foundation for any marriage. And uh, you guys have come into it so well that uh, it's going to be a great uh, 15 plus years for you guys too. Um, (laughs) But uh, honestly, like I think that's just such a key piece to uh, any marriage and it sounds cliche, but just being open to those conversations and uh, uh, being vulnerable, but also uh, hearing what the other person is saying and responding uh, appropriately to what that other person is trying to tell you. And it's just the way you guys described it. That's how you're doing it. And I love that. So thank you. Bravo. Mm. Thank that's you. really kind. I think I think listening listening is fascinating because I know on my really good days, on my really good days, when Tina tells me about something, I will, before saying anything, be like, what do you need from me right now? Do you need validation? Do you need a fix or do you need devil's advocate? Like, where do you need me right now? If I can't quite, if I can't tell based on the signs that she's giving me that on my good days, I ask. And on my bad days, I respond based on how I assume I would want to respond, be responded to. And I think we've, we've definitely gotten better at listening to each other over time and calling each other out. Like, that's not, that's not this is not what I need from you. I'm going to cut you off. I'm sorry to cut you off. It's, I don't need that from you right now. What I need from now is blank. But we are not always there at all. That would be pretty cool if we were. Um, sure, but like for anybody, those, yeah. Yeah, those are good days. And I think a lot of what I have brought to this relationship is from previous relationship that I've been in, that I thought we were being open and honest with each other. And I felt like we were, but I didn't really know the true meaning of honesty until I just kind of laid it all on the table with Tina. And I think it took breaking my partner, my previous partner's heart, um, and in turn breaking my own to really know that like, listen, like you weren't, you weren't all in. Um, you said you were all in. You taught other people to be all in, but you were not, man. You were, you know, you were, you were more talk than anything. And so, you know, some of those conversations early on for Tina and I, I think were were really important. And, and just because I didn't, I never wanted to hurt somebody again. 
And now you're all in. All in, baby. Just like Clemson Tigers. <laughs> I have learned so much about listening and I used to teach people how to listen. (laughs) Like I used to do that as a job. I used to stand up and teach people how to be a good listener, but I've learned anything. I've learned so much about when I'm listening and when I'm not listening. And what does that look like? It's part of the reason why we FaceTime so much when I'm on the road or when James is on the road. Cause if I'm looking at your face and paying attention to you versus doing the 17 other things in my life, right? Some of those little choices we can make because I don't, I was not a good listener. And there are still moments where I'm not a good listener, where I'm genuinely listening to respond as cheesy as that sounds, right? Or I'm genuinely like, well, he probably just needs to vent and I'll just what do these seven things on my phone. I'm kind of present. So that's good enough, right? No. And so the amount that I have learned to listen and learned that the the real primary ingredient to listening is to give a crap, right? Like you just have to care. And if you don't care, then you're not going to pay attention. And if you do care, then you pay attention. But I, I have learned so much about listening, being, we can call it married, right? Or just being the James in general. But um, yeah, that, that's probably the way that I have grown the most since being with James. So at this point, our conversation took an interesting turn about the patterns and habits and structures that make up our relationships. Since all of us deal with Uh, the challenges that come along with the married lives of traveling professionals. We talked about how important it was to all of us to keep to our habits with things like phone calls and text messages and FaceTime conversations while we're away on business. All right, let's jump back in. Sorry to make this about the podcast for a second. Oh, I didn't even remember that we were doing a podcast. No, oh. Megan just popping jumpers right in your Literally eye. Literally wedding. That's, that's all I can do. <laughs> Shut, Steph carrying you right in your <laughs> eye. <laughs> As I was saying, the, uh, uh, not to make this about the podcast, but if we, I don't know, I, I'm, this podcast is supposed to be about human connection. And sometimes like, I think about human connection often in the moments, right? Like the the conversation moments that are deep and important or the conversation moments that are fun and powerful and exciting and memorable, right? And unforgettable. But this makes me think about like human connection might be built out of these structures that we build with each other, right? Like maybe our, maybe your human connection is partially built out of the thing that keeps you connected in a real way, like in a, in a way that is beyond a questionable relationship beyond a rocky marriage beyond right like the one of the things that keeps you connected is the fact that you fall asleep when you're not next to each other on facetime and that we make sure that we call each other right when i get on a plane or when i get off a plane or whatever right like these these little infrastructure pieces that make up what connection actually is made of long term what do you guys think was that a good lesson do you feel like the listeners will be like wow i'm gonna write that down I certainly think it's a different way to think about it because we don't think about structure and connection at all. And even if it's something that we long for, we don't. I think that's the other thing is that it's not just that we magically fell into these patterns and then never shifted. Sometimes it literally takes, this just happened this week. We had two days in a row where our schedules at night did not line up and we couldn't go to bed together. And so then when I saw James the next day, I was like, I miss you. And I know I'm now sitting next to you. 
I feel far away from you when we have two days in a row like that. And so if we can spend today together being together all day, that I need that right now. And so being able, A, patterns have to have some flexibility because life has to have some flexibility. Yep. But also being able to talk about the patterns, right? And being able to say, right, James, we'll te- we text each other every time we take off and land, every time. And if you don't take off, and I don't, if you don't send me a text message when you take off, then I don't know that you've taken off. And obviously, I assume you've fallen asleep or something happened with your flight, but I, I want to know. And the only reason we learned that is when there were moments where that didn't happen, right? And so just being able to have the dialogue about the structure might even be more important than the structure itself, because we don't, I don't know that people pour energy into having the conversations about their habits. Habits just form, especially when you're talking about building habits with another person, having those conversations about the habits is, I think, what's gotten us to the understanding that we have. Do you think that's normal, the, that people, that couples have those kinds of conversations about their habits, about what's really bothering them, about just being able to communicate that information to their spouse or their significant other? Do you think that's normal how you guys are doing it? No, I kind of want it to be because it's open. It's, you know, like you're playing with the cards face up, right? Yes. Uh, and I, I like that. I also know that at one point my mom described my relationships as giant research projects. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, and your father and I, your father and I, we just figured it out. <laughs> you like me? I like you. Let's let go. Come on here. You know, like, you don't got to talk. Why are we talking? Who's, why, too much talking. Uh, and she's like, I don't know. She's like, you talk more than anybody. You and Tina talk more than anybody I know. Uh, and she's like, I just don't, I don't, you know, so I don't, I don't know. There's probably a bliss at some point to not having those conversations. But there's also, I think there's a lot of harm in unsaid expectations. I think, it, I think a lot of relationships fall victim to that. I'm like, well, I just assumed you would blank mm-hmm. or, you know, you've done blank five other times. Why don't you keep doing blank? So I think there's power in talking about connection and talking about patterns uh, and, and whatnot. Sometimes I get, I don't get self-conscious about our relationship. I certainly get self-conscious talking about like even giving love advice. Just because like, I don't know if we're normal. And so I don't know how to tell you, like, you should just have this conversation because I don't know that your partner is my partner. And I I don't know that he's going to be as open or as honest or as vulnerable or as aware as my partner is, right? So I don't even... When young women ask, like, Tina, how do you find love? It's like, I be patient. I'd be single for a long time. I think those things are important, but I don't... But like, I don't be picky. I don't know... Our story, I hope it's normal, but if I wonder if it is. And so because it, I don't know if it is, I feel a little self-conscious talking about it sometimes. Yeah. I'm just telling everybody like, oh, it'll totally work out. You'll totally find your James. It's fine. Is that true? I don't know if that's true. I want it to be true, but I don't know. They would be so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's easy when you live in the same place, you get into your same rhythms of person comes home from work, other person is already home, cook dinner, let dog out, put on TV, go to bed, right? And then just lather, rinse, repeat. I know that Tina and I are very intentional with with checking in with each other. And so, you know, the whole, 
you know, the key to good marriages is communication. That's right. But the key to good marriages on top of that is quality communication about the key to good marriages, the communication about your marriage yeah, and about the humans within it. To your point earlier, Madsen, compliments are a part of our relationship mm-hmm. and not in a flippant way. Mm-hmm. First of all, not that it's a compliment, but we probably say I love you more times out loud on a given day than yeah. most people I've ever been around. But like it's every time we talk and sometimes it's several times while we talk. So just, yeah. I really do love you that much. Like I just need you to hear me say that. But it's also things like uh, that speech, right? It's never just like, yeah, you did great. It's like, no, you did excellently. And here's the seven things that you yeah. did well about that. Or right, I have a tough phone call and I get off the phone and be like, did I even handle that well? And she's like, yes, when you said this and this, it was great. Like you probably could have pushed back a little bit here, but I think you stood up for yourself and you were still kind of... Right? So like there are meaningful compliments. There's, there's genuine articulation of not just I care about you, but here's why I care about you. Um, and that's something that's present mm-hmm. all of the time. Yeah. Matson, you've had the opportunity to officiate a wedding. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. Tina has as well. I have as well. And, and Megan, I don't, I don't know if you have as well, but that's. I, I have not. Thanks for asking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I know for me, like, one thing that I tell couples when I officiate their wedding is that, like, first off, you need to write your own vows. Like, yes, I'm a speaker. Yes, I could put together something beautiful, but those are my interpretations of your love, what little I know about it. Uh, so you're going to write your own vows. And you're also going to write your own vows because I think love, love's like, remember the old school Tylenol capsules that had all the little balls in them, mm-hmm. right? Like love, love is that capsule. Um, and so we just take the pill and be like, oh, I love you. Uh, but each one of those little balls is actually how we feel. Like I love the way you can make me feel. I love the way that you make me smile, the way that my parents like you. I love the way you parent. I love the way you care about others. I love the way you talk to me. I love the way you compliment me. I love the way you feel in bed. I love the way you like all these. Like when you say I love you, you're basically one capsule like, boop, here's everything. But I think it's important, to, especially at weddings. Like at the wedding, you got to bust open that capsule. I need you to talk about all those little balls in there. But I think we also need to do that in our relationships. Because it's easy to get a flippant I love you out there. And so complimenting each other, I think, is something that we try to do. And, and I hear the two of you doing as well, which I think is important. Like, here's why I love you. And I know I need that, too, because of my low self-esteem issues, where I don't often trust your just blanket compliment. Like, yeah. I need to know where that comes from. And that's my own stuff. Uh, but fortunately, uh, Tina allows me to, to live in that every once in a while. And she'll go into detail. And that, that means a lot to me. At this point, anyone who knows any of the characters in this episode will not be surprised at what happened next. Someone started facilitating an exercise. But to my credit, it actually wasn't me. It was Tina. Tina is to blame. Tina is the facilitator here. As I was trying to wrap up the conversation, well, uh, well, I'll just let you listen. Thank you to you all for doing this. Anybody want to say anything else while you're on a microphone? I got nothing. I want to do one more thing before you close. You don't have to use it if you don't want to. Let's do it. But the last question that you put in there is I I want to hear this, especially when I hear the two of you do it, because I think it's going to be pretty cool. Was it impressions? Did did he want (laughs) Let's add that to the list, because I could do the first 20 minutes of James. (laughs) I'm locked. I'm going to have another glass of wine, but I can do it. It's locked and loaded. No, but the question was uh, to 
I think it in the space of compliments, I think it was what is something that you genuinely admire about your person. Mm-hmm. And that one made my heart smile. So now I'm going to make us all do it. So I'm not going to force you to listen to what turned into a full 20 minutes of each of us naming three things we deeply love about our partner. But uh, but I'll give you a little taste from each person. This was actually a really cool thing that happened. And it makes me wonder, why don't we do this kind of thing more often in our relationships? Why don't we do this kind of thing more often in our friendships? Why don't we do this kind of thing more often with the people that we care so deeply about, but so often don't express it? Enjoy the sweetness. Do you want to go first? Oh, you, I know you have a long list prepared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Things I admire about, about Megan Manson, oh, I'll say them okay. right now. Okay. Uh, the first thing I want to say that I admire about you is your selflessness for both our nuclear family, but also your family that you, you know, your parents and siblings and our, especially like our family, your selflessness to our family is something that I will never, certainly never be able to match, but maybe even never fully comprehend. It is, uh, you are purely generous uh, to them and to us as our family here in our house. The second thing I want to say that I admire about you, I'll, I'll only do three. The second thing that I want to say that I, I think we have time for like 15. I'm sure we do. Yeah. I love uh, the way you parent our girls. I think that there's no better dad in this world than than you are. And that I, I'm going to get all, mo- all emotional now, but I think our girls are so lucky to have you as a role model of how they should be treated as women growing up, how relationships should look expectations of men in their lives, all of that. I think that they're incredibly lucky to to have you there guiding them. Thanks. <laughs> well, the listeners couldn't see that. <laughs> they couldn't see. They could feel the kids coming. They might not be able to see it. Oh, they could feel it. They could feel oh, it in the yeah. air. Tina? What I admire the most about you, it all comes back to the word passion. And you have an infinite amount of love to give the things that you care about. And you give it all. Like you have not, you've not half-assed something that you care about in your life. And and the reason why I talk about that is because your capacity. Your capacity, capacity to make others feel like they are more than they ever thought they could be um, is unbridled and, and unmatched. And I am, as I build what I hope to build in this world, I'm doing that on the back of your belief in me um, and your passion and the way that you pour that into me and the way that you believe uh, in me. You, my love, have taught me how to dream. And I didn't, I didn't even know that I needed that. I didn't even know that that was 
the fact that I went to college was impressive because where I grew up, that wasn't a thing. But the fact that I could dream bigger than that, that I could learn how to live a life where you didn't play by the rules, that I, we could see the world. <laughs> like every time we go on a trip, I look around like, how is this my life? Like this was never a thing. And because you have taught me to dream, I had a conversation with my little sister a couple weeks ago. And I was like, I want to take you on a trip. So I want you to start thinking about where you want to see in the world. She was like, what does that even mean? Who thinks like that? Nobody talks like that. I don't have a list of places I want to travel. And I was like, yeah, I know. I didn't used to either. Have you met James Robolata? He'll change your whole life. Because I had never thought that, that, could, that seeing the world was a thing that I could do. And you taught me how to dream. I never thought that I could own my own business. I never thought that I could be successful on my own in these ways or move into a corporate space or whatever, fill in the blank. Like I just, you taught me how to dream. And because you've taught me how to do that, I get to do that for other people now. And that is one of the greatest gifts that any human in the world has ever given me. And I admire that about you. I know, it's great. I hope you have someone or find someone who teaches you how to dream. I hope you put real attention, care, and work into the people you love. I hope you feel the warmth of love surrounding you right now, and I hope you revel in that love and know that if you don't have that right now, you deserve it and you will have it. Special thanks, man, big special thanks to our guests, Megan Matson, Tina Van Steenbergen, and James Robolata. Do me a favor, visit www.social-excellence.com or peoplepeoplepodcast.com to see the show notes, to connect to our guests on social media or through their websites, and to find new ways to live a socially excellent life. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, will you give us some uh, five-star reviews and some comments on the places where you do those things? Uh, Will you share this episode through your social media accounts? But most importantly, will you keep connecting with people in extraordinary ways. Our world needs more connection. Our world desperately needs more love. Until next time, stay social, stay excellent. I'll see you out there.